Welcome to the Foy Jones Show. On this podcast, I'm going to be joined by some of the most inspirational and charismatic figures from the worlds of KBB and Builders Merchanting, alongside some very special guests. 2020 has not been the year anyone expected, but we're now entering our new normal, and whoever you are, whatever you're doing, it's going to be a new game. Okay, listeners, welcome to episode 12 of the Floyd Jones Show. The series is called It's a New Game, but today we've got a very, very special guest who's got a very powerful, emotional and poignant message she wants to share. You might have seen her on the telly, but I'm going to let her tell you who she is. Gemma Oton, who is the, I'm going to get this right, Gemma, you are the manager and patron of SEED, which is the Eating Disorder Support Services, but importantly, Support and Empathy for People with Eating Disorders. Thank you so much for joining me. I've got to tell everyone, she's only in Fulham. You know, my, my list, yeah, hands up. My, my listeners will know this. I get Fulham into every single podcast. I haven't even had to try on this one. You know, <laughs> you're sitting around the corner from where I grew up. Gemma, thanks for joining me. Um, we've thank got to talk you. about something really close to your heart and really powerful. And I've got to thank my LinkedIn daddy, Ian Smith, for making this happen. Um, Ian is one of life's wonderful people. Um, he sent you the same because of me, a gift of kindness. I did a video about that that went viral. Gemma, how you doing? How is it? I'm all, right. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. It's um, I'm tired. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and I think like I think with everything that's come out, obviously with the second lockdown as well, I'm, I'm sort of like everybody else at the moment, sort of thinking, right, here we go again. You know, um, and, and in terms of not in terms of like my industry, because sadly, you know, like you said, I'm an actress. In years gone by, in life pre-COVID, um, played Rachel. Pre-COVID, I used to own a really successful specialist recruitment business. I don't quite know what I do now, but yeah, no. you, you, you were an actress. We would have seen you on, on some of our most popular TV shows, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, Rachel Breckle in Emmerdale. Um, I was that one who beat up Sam Dingle, had a baby with Jay Sharma when she slept with him in the factory on the floor near the Toffees. Um, and then um, more recently, Holby City, um, which was which was a step up. I always remember my granddad sort of going, Gemma, can you stop being typecast? And I was like, excuse me. And he's like, you've played a chav, you've played an alcoholic. And I was like, oh, thanks, granddad. And then when I got Sydney on Holby, he, he he passed away just before I got that that oh. job. Um, but yeah, so all great, of that. Great was, name for a character, Sydney. As well. Great name, great so, name yeah. for a character, Sydney. I thought it was just it was just a great name, wasn't it? But 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 that's the, I mean that's what people know you for, and and I guess when you when you're in that world, you're in the spotlight, and and that's kind of that's kind of there. But but all it glitters is gold sometimes, isn't it? It's a, it's a tough old world to, to to make a living in, isn't it? Oh gosh, I mean, you know, eighty percent of actors are out of work at any one given time. And when I when I got Emmerdale, and then was lucky enough to get you know um, Holby as well, like you're only in. I think it's like. Four percent of all actors and actresses who are in constant contract, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and it's tough. And like I was on tour before lockdown, I was doing a, a UK number one tour with them. Um, I don't know if you remember um, Mark Curry from Blue Peters, yeah, yeah, um, with Mark and and Robert Dawes from the Royal and uh, Rob Duncan from um, oh God, what was he in Drop the Drop the Dead Donkey? Uh, you know, all of those like amazing 
people that you look up to and loving it. And then we came home to pack. We were due to go to Brighton, actually. Really? So we came home for the weekend, packed our bags again, due to go to Brighton. And then, obviously, lockdown happened. So I lost my job overnight. I lost all of my income, everything. And that's aside from struggling as an actress anyway. So at the moment... It's it's look we're all we're all in it together and and it's a horrible scary time, but you know the the arts at the moment I've kind of just resigned myself to the fact that I aren't going to be on stage or on a screen apart from this type. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, this, this is this is unusual I and mean, it's you know we we've pioneered video technology as a business for ages, but it's it, it's breaking into new things. But but you know yeah. I, I can't I look at it from. From my perspective, we're, we're trying to do so much to support people in our sectors who, for no fault of their own, have gone from, like, you know, being employed and happy to, to, to having nothing. My, my yeah. wife, Jane, she was brutally made redundant from a, from a you know, a, a law firm who were reps, you know, meant to be one of the best in the, in the area. And yeah. it wasn't the fact they did it. It was, it was the, the kind of the, 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 it was inhuman, the way they treated, like, a group of them. And... That that got me to kind of wanting to do something different. So so we've been lucky to partner with some amazing businesses that have sponsored our redundancy support. So we are trying to help people and build confidence and, and give something back. But give you an idea of how the world can change. I was that on the, the Thursday I dropped my youngest son to, to Brighton because he, he's 18 and he was getting a coach to go to Cheltenham, which somehow stayed on. It went on the racing, but he was on the way there. And on the way there, I was like, well. I'm really tired. I've just done 18 miles training because I'm doing a marathon next month. I'm, I'm aching. I'm in bits. And I'm going to football the next day. It's Fulham Brentford. Big game. So I woke up the next morning. I can't move. I'm absolutely in bits after my 45-year-old body's done 18 miles. And it was pain. pain. And the football's gone. The marathon's gone. I'm like, oh, my God. Couldn't you have done it the day before me training? But, but then I was still a bit naive over it. Then within about a week... The heart and soul of my business was gone. I, I had to learn words like pivot and furlough and, and all these new words that didn't really exist with my childhood. And you, yeah. you learn those words and the impact it's had on everyone has been absolutely, it's been catastrophic. But for charities, and that's, that's what I want to get on to, we were, we were fundraising for a, a local hospice called Chestnut Tree House, which is, a, you know, children with life-shortening conditions go there. And it's a, it's a place of beauty and warmth and you can't not be inspired but want to break down when you're there but it's a wonderful place and yeah. we were fundraising for them and to to hear how much of their income they've lost during lockdown is it's it's terrifying and that's really what we're here to talk about from your perspective because you've been getting yourself busy you've been getting people to get busy for you um yeah. on, on our platform linkedin um but we do need to talk about seed. So can we can we can we sort of start with where that came from and what it means to you and, and why it's so special, Gemma, if that's all right? Oh, right. <laughs> um so at, at the age of um of ten, you know, I, I grew up in, in Eastall. Um East you know, East East proud, never dull in all. Um I have a bad word said about it. Um but you know, we were, you know, we were sort of like living the dream, but you know, we were comfortable um, you know, in our in our semi detached. And I always pride myself on the fact that the local pub was like a minute's stroll away. Not when I was three years old, don't get me wrong, when I got older. Um 
Yeah, but my, 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 my 18-year-old tells everyone, this isn't actually true, that he grew up in pubs. I, I don't know where he gets this from because he didn't, but, you know. I hear him, I hear yeah. him. Yeah. Um, or my mum and dad doing the home brew. That was always good. Always liked a good That's home a very brew. northern thing, isn't it, the home yeah, brew? Yeah. I don't think he quite got into London. Oh, it's like rocket fuel. Yeah. My God. Um, but, yeah, so like everything, you know, was fine. There was no sort of issues. I've got two sisters and a brother who I love, I love you know, with all my heart. And then, but the one thing that, that did change was that I started to get bullied. Um, and it was around sort of, you know, the time where puberty was was kicking in um, for myself and, you know, obviously for, for the kids around me. Um, but I remember sort of going from being this happy sort of carefree like tomboy you know I was always like instead of doing the um hopscotch and and you know skipping I was the one lacking out playing tig with the lads and football and everything um but the dynamics sort of changed um and I started to come into my own with my skill sets and I guess you could say I was you know I was thriving I was a high achiever and I kind of my hair was grown into a, a longer star and I looked a little bit more like a, a girl because <laughs> I'd always look like Jim Carrey you know like from the <laughs> um was not attractive um but that changed and what came with it was was unfortunately the green-eyed monster um and I remember wishing that they beat me up because I couldn't articulate Wow. what was going on and why it was making me feel so sad and so unhappy and I, and I couldn't understand what the hell I'd done wrong you know to warrant this and I slowly but surely started to sort of retreat back into myself and mum and dad sort of said you know what's what's going on and I was I, I didn't want to worry them or bother them and then it just felt like one day literally I woke up and I said to my dad dad am I fat and dad was like where the hell did that come from and I said oh, I'm just just asking just asking and and from that day anorexia took over and it wasn't a choice it definitely wasn't a choice um it it plagued my life and my family's life for 13 years um they took me to the doctor when I was um about 10 and a half going on to 11 and the doctor weighed me and said um there's no problem you know she's not low enough in problem to have anything to worry about just don't worry about it it's a phase and cut to a year later I was admitted to a children's psychiatric unit at the age of 11 wow. and told if I didn't eat or drink within 24 hours I'd be dead and taken away from my family taken away from my friends um, and unfortunately, that carried on for 13 years, in and out of institutions, in and out of hospitals, in and out of eating disorder units, fed up, drip fed, pumped with potassium, forced to eat, but then shipped out. But then the thing with an eating disorder is none of that was about the actual food. Food was the, the symptom. It wasn't the cause. The cause was my mental health. Yeah. You know, the things that I couldn't. I couldn't control and the things that I felt you know I always look back and I think I remember going if if I become smaller I become safer the less of me there is to hurt and the less of me there is to hate and 
basically where seed fits into all of this is the I can't I can't I still can't quite fathom why this happened and why it still happens today. But my mum and dad had to kick and scream and fight to save my life because there was just no help out there and mum being mum um I think there was one point where I think I'd had I'd been in hospital again and um she'd been trying to get funding for me to go to another unit but nobody was was willing to help us because a lot of these places are like postcode lotteries and a lot of these places don't even exist in areas um you know so a lot of the families have to spend you know, time traveling to see the loved ones, um, whilst like mum and dad holding down a job, three other kids. Um, and mum came to see me in the hospital with dad and she said, right, I'm setting up a health plan. I'm starting a charity. Wow. Well, great idea, but I thought at the time, are you bloody mad? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in hospital, you know, Don and Maria and Chris are tearing their hair out because yeah. they're missing mum and dad as it is. Because you're how, how much, how much, how much more do you want in your life? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But mum, mum and dad were like, no, no, no family, no family should go through what we're going through right now. And and thus began seed. And and she set up a helpline in our front room. And um, seriously, was it was it in the front room? Yeah, and it still is to this day. The advice. Oh, well, but but did you know what? For, for small things like that, amazing things happen. That's, yeah, that's so special. Yeah, yeah, we're very, like very, God, very grassroots. Um, but you know, amazingly, ten years after she set up the charity, she got an MBE. Um, the charity has been registered as a as official charity for twenty years now, and we help carers, we help sufferers. Um, the reason I'm heavily involved is because I do genuinely believe that mum and dad, by creating Seed, helped save my life. Um, you know, I didn't just die when I was 11, nearly die when I was 11. I, I you know, I had a heart attack at 18. Um, I went to take my own life when I was 17. Um, you know, and I do genuinely believe that my parents fight for me went beyond anything that I can ever describe they learned they educated themselves they read their mum went and studied with you know Professor Janet Treasure at the Maudsley Clinic you know like to create a, a workshop for carers and sufferers that we call walking on eggshells because you know a lot of parents I'm not a, a mum myself but you know I know what the battles were like between my mum and I and, and and me and dad and it was like World War Three you know, and, and on all of these things that they did saved me. And I started to get better and I spoke to, to them and, and, and saw a therapist who actually spoke to me about Gemma, not about mm. anorexia or not about the number on the scales. And I got to drama school, something I never dreamed I'd do. I never dreamed I'd get out of hope. I never dreamed I'd, I know it sounds daft, but I didn't know how to use a washing machine. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> on yeah. No comment needed. Yeah, I'm just going to smooth over that, but I get it. When yeah. it, it doesn't compare in any way, but when when my eldest son Harry was born, um, Jane was still at home in St Olaf's Road, Fulham, right round the corner from you. I was still at my nan's, really close to where you are right now. Yeah. And we were like, I was 23, she was 21. We're like, whoa, you know, like, and and we. 
moved out to the West Country with, with my job at the time, and we got a little house. And um, I mean, that was neither we had no idea how anything worked. So, uh, so I do get that in a in a in a different yeah. way. But I've got to go back to you know some of the things you shared there, Gemma. Like you know, I didn't expect you to be that honest and that that you know the candidness of it and the emotion, but the. The, the fact that you know the the the, the eating was to, you wanted to get smaller so people couldn't hurt you. But I mean, if you look, you go back to when that was, and I don't want to take you back to it, but you fast forward to now with the the mental health issues that come from social media and the the way it's so much easier to 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 get at people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what you what the charity which your mum started in a front room and led to being M- MBE is now doing. That's truly magnificent, and they've done it from a place where they really care, and and I think that's what makes it so special. So you must be so proud of them, Gemma. You must be like, you know, like heart bursting out proud of that. Oh God, yeah. Um, when when Mum got her MBE, I mean, it was a real it was a real year for us in terms of it, I graduated from drama school, and Mum got her MBE um in the same matter of a week, I think. You know, and for us, that was a real sort of full circle moment. But not only that, um, Patrick Stewart, I'd, I'd written to Patrick um, because he's a Sheffield lad. I'd written, I couldn't believe, I mean, to put it in context, people used to say, God, you're ballsy. But to me, I'd, I'd not lived and I'd fought for everything. So I, I wasn't going to go to drama school and not give it my all. You know, yeah. I wasn't going to go. Where did you go to? I went to Drama Studio London, Justin Ealy. Right, okay. Um, and I went when I was 23, so I, 23, 24, so I was deemed as a, an older student. And because I couldn't afford three years, I went for the one-year course. And I wrote to Patrick um, when I got in and said, I don't want any money off yet. I don't want, you know, I'm not asking for anything, but I'm just saying you sort of inspired me. I'm a whole ass don't really know what I'm doing, a bit scared, you know, but I just wanted to say thank you. And if you do have any advice, let me know, because I'd love to know. Yeah. <laughs> and he emailed me. He emailed me and he invited me to see Waiting for Godot with Ian McKellen. And he became a friend and mentor. Wow. You know, and, and to this day, and he got his knighthood at the palace the same day my mum got her MBA. So I was there with my mum and Patrick, you know, and it was just... Fantastic. Yeah, I was so, I was just so proud, and and I think when I got when I got Emmerdale, nobody knew me from Adam, you know, and 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 my producer at the time who I got who gave me the job, he, you know, he stuck his neck out for me. He didn't go for a name, you know. He he gave me a chance. I I auditioned five times, and there were thousands that that were seen, and and I could hear like names being said, and I was like, there's no way. No way I'm going to get that. Is it that brutal? You know, is it, I mean, again, we're not here to talk about it, but is it that brutal? Do you know who you're up against? Is it, is it, is it like that? Or is it kept a little bit? Well, it's dead funny because when, 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 you're, when you're a no one or a newbie, you know, you're all, you're all sat in the room and, and, and you're sort of waiting to go in one by one, but you get, there's a little filter down and all, all the girls start talking to each other and it's like, I, at the time, like Lucy Jo Hudson was up for the part. But to me, Lucy Jo Hudson was like Corrie. Like I'd watched her for years. Oh, she was wild at heart as well. And but like, so you know that people fast track, <laughs> basically. Yeah. You know, and you know that people get invited in. Um, 
but I just felt like I had I had nothing to lose. And and Stuart Blackburn, God love him, he saw that in me and he he saw what I could bring to Rachel because Rachel was like that, the character I played, you know, she 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 was a fighter. And um but when I got the part, the press, something that I'd never had to deal with, were who's Jim Rutten, who's the new girl on the block. And then they started digging deeper and then it was like, oh, and mum is Marge and Marge has got an MBA. Why has she got an MBA? Because she runs an eating disorder charity. You know where I'm going. So I had to really think long and hard about whether I started to talk about my yeah. past eating disorder. And it was Patrick Stewart who said to me, I said, I emailed him and I said, Patrick, I said, I'm a bit scared. I don't know what to do. The press are digging, they're gonna run a story anyway. Like, what do you think? And he said, Gemma, if we can't use this little bit of platform for good, there is absolutely no point in our industry. And I was like uh, that's well, they're wonderful words, aren't they? You know. And it and it stuck by me and I stepped up well, and those words are coming from someone you've admired who's yeah. written, you know, it's come from a it's because because the problem is it's it's I, I look at it with my kids sometimes. I don't believe they listen to anything I say. <laughs> No, but it, it's getting that it's getting something to stick is the challenge, and that's been the same like all the way up. But yeah. but it, I mean, I, I mean, I, I you know to come through that that you know where you were for the year year at Eden Drama School, so then take you on Sam Dingle. I mean, that's you're in everyone's <laughs> you're in everyone's front room, aren't you? Like you're there all the time, tea time. You know, you're there. It was mad. It was mad, and and you know, I'd, I'd watched I'd watched Emmerdale like in hospital in the units like you know and, and even holby city you know even when i got holby like four years ago i think i first appeared on screen as sydney you know those moments for me i don't think a lot of people say oh, you don't seem affected and you don't and, and i'm like I, I wouldn't know how to be anything other than who i am and, and one thing that i've got in my life is gratitude you know i, I could i could kick and scream and, and cry about the years that i lost right or i can do something about it and i can use those years to make sure that other kids and other adults don't lose those years as well and that's why dad got cancer when um i got the role at memmerdale and mum's health started to deteriorate and i stepped up as patron and i never dreamed i'd become manager because <laughs> like if you'd have asked me that i'd have gone have you been drinking of no <laughs> But I think that's why over the last 10 years, I've become more and more involved. There's a lot of talk about passion and purpose at the moment. And I think it's rubbish when people say, you need to find out what your purpose is. You know, you need to find it. And I'm like, no, you don't. You need to do what you do with your whole heart and give it your all. And when it comes round, it'll hit you and you won't even know it. I, I would I would 150% agree with that because uh, I, I did all right at school, but not that well. Um, and, I, and I wanted to play football with Fulham. I wasn't that good, so I couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, and, and the one thing I've always had is personality and passion and a, and a bit of drive, and I've tried. And I get a lot of things wrong, Gemma. You know, the listeners will know this. I get lots of things wrong. But over the course of whatever period of time, I'd say I'll probably get more things right because I have a go. And I, I just want to, you know... To, to, to go through the first half of this podcast and just hear you tell your story, you, you've been a magnificent guest and there's going to be listeners listening to this that have seen you maybe on Emma Dow or on Holby City or know your story anyway from, from wherever, but now you're getting to see the, the little trigger points behind it and how much it means to you. 
where the next part of the podcast, we're going to talk about what the listeners, and my connections and my friends and everyone who knows me can do to help you. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> A massive thanks to our friends at Cooker UK, our headline sponsor of the series. Foyne Jones, in partnership with Cooker UK, are offering specialist redundancy support to those that have been affected by the recent crisis. We will be offering free of charge CV and social media makeovers, webinars focusing on content for social media and personal branding, a weekly video showcase of talented job seekers, some employer-led workshops to discuss live vacancies in your area, as well as, of course, our ongoing telephone, email and social media support. To sign up to our redundancy support package, get in touch at letstalk at foynjones.com. Stay safe, keep healthy and be positive. Okay, so we are on to the main part of the podcast. We are going to talk about what I, what you, what listeners, what your friends, what your family, what you can do to help. We've seen you in Smith City Dance. We've seen your total raise and raise. Gemma, the floor is yours. You know, we've, we've charted, this podcast is charted in 17 countries. Last month, we even got into the top 25 in Mexico and Canada. Amazing. No idea how I did that, but I did. Um, but, but we're out there now and... I want you just to tell us what we can do to help Seed. How can we help you? What do you need? So the position that we're in at the moment is um, I, I took over as manager. As I said, my mum and dad's health is, is, is getting worse and, you know, they need to take a step back. And one thing that we've we've never really had is because we've been so – when you're from the north, you're there, like, I call it a wholeness in terms of – we're not very good at, at blowing our own trumpets, right? So we're very modest and mum and dad have always been like, no, 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 it's all right, it's all right. And I'm like, no, no, the amount of people that are coming to us over the years and now in lockdown because they're struggling with an eating disorder, I'm not being dramatic when I say it's catastrophic. And for every Gemma, there's a Dennis and there's a Marge and there's a brother, Chris, and there's a partner. 1.6 million people in the UK alone are affected by an eating disorder. 9% of the population worldwide will have an eating disorder. One in five of those people will die as a direct result of an eating disorder or by taking their own life. It's got the highest mortality rate of any other mental health illness. Now, lockdown is increasing that. And my charity is at risk of going under as well and I'm not prepared to let that happen there's so many people out there who feel let down and I'm not going to get into politics but they're let down by a system a system that has gaps at sea about that earlier when you said you know the support's there but it's a postcode lottery if who could access it so you could be 20 miles that way or maybe you know and, and there's access and you could be there and you're you, you can't get that. That don't feel right to me yeah. from the outside looking in. No, it's 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 horrendous. And, and now even more so in terms of these people who relied on the support, even though they did have to go thousands of miles or hundreds of miles, relied on the support. They now can't because mm. we're in lockdown. You know, those those I don't I don't think people understand the impact of lockdown on. Well, maybe they do because of mental health, because everyone's very aware of it. But with somebody who is suffering from an eating disorder, there might be a mum who has had an eating disorder for 10 years and now all of a sudden her kid's not going to school and she doesn't want to impact that child's life by then picking up on her habits. 
there might be a relationship where they relied on just being able to have that time out, that space. All of a sudden, that can't happen. There might be a young girl who's just come out of hospital and she's relying on CAMS, which is the Children's Adolescent Mental Health Service. But all of a sudden, CAMS can't keep supporting her because they're absolutely overwrought with... with I know about CAMS from the work. My, my wife did some amazing work at schools, yeah. you know, like, and, and she worked with children on the spectrum in different ways. You know, it was, and it was, it was a job she did to, as my children were growing up and, you know, it's, you do it around the hours. But the difference those men and women make there with people's lives and how they're rewarded it's it kind of there's such a disconnect and I, but i'm aware of the amazing work cams that, that does yeah. but i'm also aware of how under-resourced it is and how underfinanced it is and you know it's it's it goes on and on doesn't it and i think if we can if we can you know use this vehicle as a way to tell the world what brilliant work your, your mum and your dad have done and, and, and get some get the you know the old blue peter appeal you know, remember we get we get that raising and raising we've got to do that because we can make a difference and yeah. I, I know the i learned more about men's mental health and when i was working doing the walks for calm and the stats that were coming back there were just it was ridiculous but as we were doing those walks and the fundraising was going up that wasn't what got me what got me was the messages i was getting so you mentioned it there about Marge and Dennis and, and that, you know, I was getting messages from, from a girl who'd say, you know, please keep going. My dad took his own life or my son, you know, and you're going, whoa, like I'm just walking. I'm, you know, how can I be inspiring you? Like, I, but, but the, you, you don't, you don't, I think the other thing is relative. You don't have to walk a hundred miles or throw yourself out an airplane. You can just send a text to donate or you can just tell people about what's going on. So, people have got that pathway for support. That's, that's important as well, Gemma, isn't it? Yeah, I think, obviously, all of our fundraising opportunities have gone this year. So I literally just went for the jugular about a week or so ago. I knew that we were in danger of not surviving as a charity. I knew firsthand the emails and calls we were getting saying, um, I, I don't know what to do. My daughter's gone into hospital saying I, I can't face another lockdown. And I just thought, you know what? I've never asked for anything in my life and I've never asked much for seed. I've always supported them and I've always raised awareness. But as manager now, I know what my vision and the future goals of seed are. And it's for seed to survive, but then to thrive. And I want it to become a charity where we can help other small charities around the UK. I don't want the money to be, you know, sat in a suit and in an office. Or a car, I get a nice car. I can't drive anyway, and I can't afford bloody driving lessons. Do you know what I mean? I want. You can't. You can't do a theory test again now, anyway. But I love digression, but it just this puts things into perspective, yeah. right? It's all about my my son turns eighteen, can't have a birthday party. He he has to wait about six months to get his provisional. Eventually, gets it. Yeah. He then applies for his theory test. He's on the tenth of November, so that's not going ahead. Apparently, last night, Gemma, it's my fault. I don't quite know how, but. But you look at that, right? And I'm using that as an example. The what, how we're functioning is changing. So I'm talking about that as a, yeah, it's a bit of a domestic kind of, you know, the world's ending. You know, I can't do that. But he's healthy. He's fit. He's he's in a stable environment. If you multiply that for someone who is struggling through mental health for whatever reason, that you are so right when you say the impact of lockdown, it, 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 it's it's terrifying, and and people's natural kind of instincts is. 
I don't know his wholeness, I won't say that, but it is to go within, isn't it? It's to, I, I don't want to tell people I'm not okay. Yeah. We've got to try and break that down as well, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And But the other thing, aside from that, is that so many people are talking more, but there's not mm. a lot being done. Yeah. I'm all for raising awareness of eating disorders and mental health, what we need to do, and that's what I need the money for. I need the money. Yeah, I think that's why, I, think that's why I, I, I get on with you, because... I have a big thing about fake kindness and, you know, we could all be kind, hashtag be kind. We can all be seen to do that. Yeah. But there is a big divide between saying you're doing something and actually getting off your backside and, and making things happen. Yeah. And you're an example of doing that. So for C to survive and C to thrive, I don't know if I said that right, but for those two, for you to hit those two goals, well, what, what figure do you need? Is there a target? Is it, is it, never ending what what is it is there something you're working towards? well going to, to people doing in kindness i set the target of ten thousand pound oh you're well past that we got to eleven thousand pound in nine days like mm. that that was just unbelievable and that that is to see us through to the end of the year not to not to do anything any of the visions that i want to do about setting up the workshops getting our therapists back securing our resource room making sure we're online friendly, making sure the, the phone lines have got more more manhand, you know. That's just to survive. So we got there. Let's take a minute to thank those that make it possible for us to host this fantastic podcast and to continue offering groundbreaking support for anyone facing difficulties in the current job market. MHK Holding UK Limited. Thanks to the sponsorship we've received from MHK, we can continue to offer support to those that need it completely free of charge. This support includes CV and social media makeovers, personal branding and social media content webinars, employer-led workshops to discuss live vacancies in your area, and our ongoing support with consultants via telephone, email and social media too. To find out more, get in touch at letstalkatfoynjones.com and one of our team will get back to you. Enjoy the rest of the show. Stay safe, keep healthy, and be positive. Do you know your your honesty? I, you know, since a couple of weeks, your honesty in thanking people and like you can feel that you can feel it's real. You know, it's it's not superficial. Now, I, I remember a few times where I I won't name. But I've, I've done stuff for Helping Under Child and I've done stuff for for, um, for other charities, parties, and, and you do a lot for them and, and you kind of think like, like, okay, like, you know, I don't know, I know. It's, it's hard to use words, but I'm like, do you actually care I'm doing this or not? And you, you've got this way about you, which is kind of, and I guess it's the smaller charities that have it because it means so much, you know, and it means so much to you. And, you hit your 10, you're at 11. Yeah. Is, is there a new target being secretly thought about? Well, I've, I've changed it. I've gone to 50, 50K. 50. 50K would would it help us... 50,000 50, English pounds. Yeah, would help us get through to next April and be able to potentially start doing, as in start putting things in place that are needed reinstate our therapist because we've had to lose our last therapist it breaks my heart because one thing i prided myself on was that we could provide one-to-one -one therapy for those that needed it and we've lost that because we can't pay them and some people go oh yeah well we should be doing it as voluntary no no if i want seed 
to survive. I need to pay people for their time in order to deliver the proper service. A lot of them do it at, at, at good charitable rates, but we've all got to live. You know, my mum and dad haven't taken a penny out of the charity in 20 years. It's not about that, but I do believe to keep a, a structure of, of where we're going in the future so that people know they're not just giving money for us to get through till April. They know that they're giving money to us for all of us who are at sea to be able to go, right, this is what we do and this is how we do it. So 50K is 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 the target. God, if we could get there before the year's out, I would just be blown away. Um, you know, £150,000 a year for us would be a game changer. And when I say that to people in charity and business, they go, is that all? You know, we're, we're not sitting on 1.6 million like some certain charities. We're not, you know, one day maybe we will, but we won't be sitting on it. We'll be spending it. Mm. You know, there was a story yesterday about that wonderful guy who donated the 1 million to Alzheimer's. And he said, you know, me and my wife, we decided when we were successful, we weren't going to go to the grave with that money. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, I hate talking about money in this day and age, but unfortunately the resource to be able to save lives. I think in reality we, we have to because what what the charity is doing is is making an amazing difference and you know look, we, we are we're gonna spread this out we're gonna make sure that all of our listeners knows how to help and every every five pound ten pound twenty pound gets you closer to that 50k I've seen that myself when we've hit big targets yeah. um it suddenly comes and then you get blown away because like a figure just arrives and it's anonymous. You're going, whoa! Like, yeah, oh, and I want to know who's given it so I can say thanks. Yeah. But it's and and that goes on. But I'm going to. I mentioned this before we started recording. All right, so so I'm going to do something for you in November, and I'm also going to do something else now. So I've been quite inspired. But in November, and I've already started this. I am Sunday, Monday, so so I'm, I'm two and a bit days in. <laughs> saying that at ten o'clock, eleven o'clock on Tuesday, um, I am going to give up alcohol. All right, okay. so. My wife's going to do it as well. So we're sure? Up are you sure? We are giving up alcohol. We, we, just, we probably need to as well. But, uh, <laughs> we're going to, uh, um, I, I think in the, and again, I, I, it's, I'm going to say it, but I hope you say this in the right way. I, I think in lockdown, I exercise more than I've ever done. I drunk more than I've ever done. And we ate more than we've ever done as a family. So I think we kind of come out level yeah. at the end of it. But but no, we, we said on because we Jane knew she knew us were recording this, and, and I said that oh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. So we're going to alcohol. So everything we would have spent, which isn't quite a fifty k, but you know wow. we 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 have a drink. That's going to go to That's you. Sure. But from next year, um, and I've just decided this. It was I think it was the. When you told me about your mum doing it, starting in the telephone and ended up there, that that's kind of got me in. Jones Digital and Foyne Jones, we'll we'll run with Seed as our charity of the year for next year. All right. So I, I normally go to vote, but I'm not. We're just going to do it. I've decided now. It's my name above the door. So I'll talk to you about that away from the podcast nearer the time. I've got to get through November first, but that's what I'm going to do. Thank you. And I want to encourage Gemma, all of my listeners, all my connections. I'm connected to business owners, directors, entrepreneurs. There's people from football. There's people. You know, they, they know me. They know what we're about. I've done a lot to support others. I want them to get involved and help you in whatever way we can because I think it's it's truly an amazing story. So that's what I'll do. That's what my businesses will do. 
well, everything will be here for him to help. But can I ask, how how is mum? How is dad at the moment? Is it, you know? Ha- um, I think they, um, so they, they, they got COVID um, and they've come out of the, the other side, thank God. But I've seen their health and, and, and mental health with everything that's going on with seed be compromised. And for the first time in a while, when I spoke to them the other night, when we hit the 10K, I could just see them on Zoom. I could just see them start to go. And I could, I I think they are genuinely being boosted up by kindness. They can't believe that people are actually, you know, donating. And I don't just mean like five or 10 pounds, which would be amazing. People are putting in like 200 300 people are coming to us going imagine Dennis got me through this five years ago and my daughter won't be here without him here's a thousand pounds like a mum and dad are just going and, and honestly the kindest um of others and the appreciation of what they've dedicated their life to I believe is 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 getting them out the other side and you know long may it continue I I I love my mum and dad with all my heart and I want them around as long as possible. And well, yeah, they they're just we're all just um we're all just overwhelmed. So well well from my perspective, uh, you know, you you you've 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 had a tear up with the dingles on every now and you you always gets a, it's not as terrifying as casualty, but it always gets a little uh, bit terrifying every now and then, all right? You know that you, you you was in that magical four percent of of actors and actresses that that, that were retained as you like and, and have work. You 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 you've come in to talk to us today, and you've spoken from the heart. Your your wholeness. I'm going to use that. That's that's come through from the very start to the very finish. You live in Southway Six in Fulham. That that's good enough for me anyway. We will make sure we do whatever we can to raise your money. All right, and to raise awareness because that's as important. It's let people know what you're doing. Just to end the podcast, Gemma, I'm just going to give you give you the floor, all right? So imagine you're back at the West End, you're on stage, whatever. The audience are there ready to donate. Over to you, no pressure. Um, gosh, um, I think aside from money and the needs of, of seed, um, I think, again, just what Peter said about being kind, I think what we need right now is to all pull together um and to try and see things from each other's perspective because at the moment there's so many different opinions and everything's getting muddied and the one thing that's getting muddied is our sense of hope and I think if we've got nothing else in life we've all got to have hope and I hope that conversations like this inspire that so keep safe. Gemma honestly from the heart thank you so much um we will do everything we can Keep the hope, keep the spirit, keep the balls in this, because I think that's going to keep it, keep it, <laughs> and get yourself down North Fin Road and keep buying your fruit and veg there, because that, that's really important. That is episode 12 of the Foy and Jones show. It brings series four, and I can't believe I'm saying it brings series four, but it actually brings series four to an end. Um, I've got to wish our digital he was a digital apprentice he was he's now a junior content producer i've got to wish callum church all the best because he's uh he's graduated Gemma. he thought he'd be he thought he'd be in thailand now traveling the world but that hasn't quite worked out but he's gone into the world of freelancing this will be 
after I think he's edited 76 of our 78 episodes. This will be his last one. He's going off into the great into the big wide world. So I wish Callum all the success, all the success. I'm Peter Jones. Honestly, Gemma, we're gonna do whatever we can to, to raise your profile. Thank you so much for joining me Thank today. Thank you, love. So there you go. That's the end of the podcast. We are Foy Jones. This is the fourth series of the Foy Jones Show. Stay safe, keep healthy, be positive because it's a new game.